Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you might be joining us. Welcome to the Purpose and Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly R. Jackson. Let's just get right into it, as we always do. It's time for our Monday Morning Discipleship Podcast. Monday Morning Discipleship, as always, we like to come on on Monday morning and give you something to supplement uh, what you may have heard on Sunday morning. Before we get back into our series, let me give you our announcement, as we always do. If you enjoy what we do here on the Purpose and Beyond Podcast, we do invite you to consider becoming a sponsor of this podcast, you can do so by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash purpose and beyond to check out the different levels of sponsorship that we offer some as little as $5 per month. Again, we'll be offering exclusive content and merchandise at select levels for our patrons. We do this as a labor of love and an extension of our ministry, but a little support will go a long ways in support of the hours of work that it takes to bring you this podcast three times a week. So again, if you would like to be a sponsor of this podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash purpose and beyond to check out how you can become a sponsor. And again, uh, some of that exclusive content is already up there, like our video series, Aiming My Desire. And uh, we did another podcast series uh, uh, not too long ago. Uh, we talked about uh, signing your name. And so all of that exclusive content is over on the Patreon side. So we encourage you again to become a patron of this podcast again www.patreon.com forward slash purpose and beyond let's get back into our series on this week with the time that we have left we're going to try to be uh, under 30 minutes on today we've been kind of stretching a little bit on the podcast lately and so we want to try to get that uh, back under control Um, so let's get back into our series though Uh, we've been talking about the unity of the gifts the unity of the gifts and this is part three of that series, the unity of the gifts. And we're going to go back to first Corinthians chapter 12 on today and uh, talk about a little bit more of these gifts that we have and how uh, God has designed all these things to work together. Part of the reason that we uh, did this series again is to stress again, that all of the spiritual gifts that God has given to those that are in the body of Christ. um, He not, he did not give them rather for personal gain. They're not for us to make a name for ourselves and all these other different things. Uh, God really gave them to edify the body so that they can all be working together. And so, again, uh, we're going to see as the Apostle Paul, as we've been dealing with in the series, uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, he he begins to talk about these gifts in relation to our bodies and how our bodies um, work together. So let's let's look at some scripture on today. Uh, We're going to be in first Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to be looking at verses. Let me check my notes here. Verses 19 through 26. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 19 through 26. And I'm going to read that from the New Living Translation on today, and then we'll get into the notes uh, that we have on today. So first Corinthians chapter 12, verses 19 through 26. New Living Translation says it like this. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Verse 20 says, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those bodies, uh, those parts rather that have less dignity. 
This makes for harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. If one part suffers, watch this. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. That last verse very quickly again, 26. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. So let's get into this again, this unity of the gifts. And I want to share these notes that I have written down here with you. I got some other scripture that I want to touch on um, today. That's why I stress that I want to try to make sure that I'm out of here under under 30 minutes on today. And particularly also because we do a video now with Monday morning discipleship. So we don't want to uh, keep it too long. We want to try to uh, get to the point and be brief. But um, look at the text that we said that we have outlined on today. Again, first Corinthians chapter 12, verses 19 through 26. And the Apostle Paul, again, is talking about all of those different body parts working together. And before I get to my notes, he starts off here. Look, in verse 20, he says, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. He said the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And I apologize if I read that the first time when I said if I said the eye um, said to the head. But the text says the eye can never say to the hand. I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Here it is, y'all, before I get to my notes on today. The Apostle Paul is stressing again, as I keep saying, the unity of the gifts, how we all need to work together. And part of the reason, y'all, that the church is struggling these days is because we don't know how to work together. So let me give you this example again before I get to my notes. And I know I promised that a couple of times. I'm going to get there, though. Let me give you this example. Um, one of the things that I, I've often pointed out to people, um, particularly after the launching of the church, but even long before, I said denomination is not in the Bible. I, I, I've heard many people say denomination is not in the Bible. And it's true. Denomination is not in the Bible. And so people get caught up on denomination. Technically, my church is a non-denominational church or the church that I launched is a non-denominational church. And I was born and raised Baptist. I still believe in the Baptist doctrine, but I did not put Baptist in the name of the church. So technically, is it a it is a non-denominational church, but I still believe and teach the Baptist doctrine. But often what I said to people, I said denomination matters because people need to know what you're teaching. So even as a non-denominational church, if somebody asks me what I teach, as I'm saying to you all right now, I'll tell them I teach Baptist doctrine. But, and let me have this moment here where I say, the reason I didn't put a denomination in is because I just want people to come to Jesus. And sometimes people are thrown off by a denomination, right? Sometimes people are thrown off and they say, oh, I don't go to that kind of church. I don't go over there with those kinds of people, Right. I don't, I don't, they, they don't, they're not saved, or they're not this, or they're not that, or they're not loud enough, or they're not quiet enough, or whatever the case may be. And ultimately, when I, when I prayed about the name of the church and how, what direction I wanted to go in, I said, I want people to come to Jesus, right? And again, as I've shared with you all ad nauseum, um, even though I was born and raised in a Baptist church, I don't preach in a traditionally Baptist way. And so part of the reason, part of the other reason I didn't put denomination on the church is because I didn't want people to come to my church and be disappointed, quite honestly, and say, when is he going to preach like a Baptist preacher preaches? 
right? So so I I, I basically wanted people to know those who don't know me, we're gonna give you the word, but I have to give it to you the way that God gave it to me. Now, what what does all this have to do with what we're talking about on today? Again, even though there are different denominations, we all need to be working together. We all need to be saying, even though I don't do it your way, and even though uh, you're an eye, and I'm a foot, and I'm a hand, right, in, in line with what we're talking about, are we all trying to draw people to the same Jesus? Are we all operating as one body? And if we're all operating as one body, that should, all, that should be all that matters. So what am I saying here? Uh, again, I don't want people to come to my church and be uncomfortable. And so if a traditional Baptist church is what you desire, I'm going to give you the word. I'm going to preach Jesus. But if this style don't mesh with you, I want you to, I want to make sure that you get the word. And so I'm not going to discourage you from going somewhere else. If you go there and get fed, you understand what I'm saying? I want to make sure that you get fed because I'm team Jesus. I'm not team. Uh, I'm not only team Kelly or team for the kingdom. I'm team Jesus before I'm team anything. Wherever you go, I want to make sure that you get the word. One more thing I'll say before I get to these notes on today. I've had conversations with people who are considering joining my church. And one of the things that I stress to them is this is what you're going to get when you come to my church. I don't want you coming to my church looking for something else. I want to make sure that you understand what you're getting when you're coming here. But most importantly, you're going to get Jesus. We're going to teach and preach Jesus. However, we teach and preach Jesus because I'm team Jesus. And I don't want to I don't want you to come out of that church to come to this church. Right. Looking for something different. If Jesus is being preached at the church that you're at and you're comfortable, why are you trying to leave? Don't come for me. Come for Jesus. And if you feel like you're not being fed where you are, then we're open. Right. But if you're being fed, if you don't let your loyalties be to me, I'm team Jesus. Right. So 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 what Paul is stressing here is that we ought to all be about the body. We ought to all be about the unity and not our individual selves. So again, we go back to the text. Yes, there are many parts, but what? He says one body. One body. That's what the church needs to make sure that we we are. We're one body. I don't care if you're you're Baptist, if you're Catholic, if you're apostolic, if you're Church of God in Christ, if you're non-denominational, whatever. Are you preaching the Jesus of the Bible? If you're preaching the Jesus of the Bible, then we are one body. We're on the same team. And that's what needs to be stressed. And so what the Apostle Paul is stressing to us is that, y'all, we got to do this together. There's a world of lost sinners. We got to do this together. Let me give, get to some notes. I just kind of rambled on there, but I hope that made sense because it's right in line with what we've been teaching. So the first thing I want you to consider here in these notes that I have here, the ministry of the church. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because all of that was in line with what I wrote down here. The ministry of the church isn't a solo mission. It is not about one church unless we're talking about one entire global body of believers. It's not about for the kingdom. It's about for the kingdom being a part of the body of Christ. And so, again, the ministry of the church isn't a solo mission. Oftentimes I tell people the salvation is what you do alone, but church is what we do together. Nobody can come to Jesus for you. Right. 
So church is what we do together. So it's, it's a body of believers that come together. And we and I'm talking about church service. We come together and we worship and we have service. Right. Church is what we do together. Salvation is what you do by yourself. You got to know them, as my mama would always say, you got to know them for yourself. Right. So salvation is a personal thing. But church is a collective thing. Right. Right. So listen, we can't cover all the gifts in an effort to make others obsolete. So as, 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 as Paul says here in the text here in verse 21, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. We have to get beyond this. If, if we're going to do this thing together, if we're going to do this thing right. We have to get beyond this idea that all of these gifts that we got, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that. And I don't need you and I don't need you. Again, your body all the parts of your body work together. This is what Paul is trying to illustrate here. All the parts of your body work together. So he's saying here, you know, certain parts of your body can't say to the other part, I don't need you. Because when everything on your body is working together, when it's all well and it's all good and everything is functioning together, then, then you get beyond the place and say, I don't need you. You go, yeah, yeah, you're important. You matter. You matter. You may not do what this does, but you matter. Right. And so, again, we can't covet. Now, now I want to make sure that I stress stretch out a little bit on this point here. Uh, when I say we can't covet all the gifts in an effort to make others obsolete, because part of the reason, y'all, that we covet all these gifts, I think we mentioned this on last week, is sometimes we're being selfish. Sometimes we're saying, I want all of First Corinthians chapter 12. I want to be able to do everything. Right. God may not have called you to do everything. And in most cases, he hasn't. He hasn't quite honestly. So do what God called you to do and play your part and play your position. So again, I'll share this with you all as in reference to for the kingdom. I mentioned to you all last week, I asked God for 50 people. Now in my mind, that's my position. I'm not thinking about leading large groups of people. I'm thinking about getting that one solid group of people. Let's study the word. Let's grow in Christ together. Right. But even as I said to you all last week, I said, God may have something different in mind. He may say, no, it's going to be bigger than 50 people. He may, in fact, say it's going to be less than 50 people. It'll be 25 people. But whatever I call you to do, I want you to do it. And I want you to do it to my glory. And so that's that's what 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 we ought to be thinking about in relation to the gifts. Let's move on to the next note that I have here. Watch this, y'all. A greater gift doesn't make you more necessary. Hear me again, y'all. A greater gift. And I wrote that down in quotations. A greater gift doesn't make you more necessary. So, again, as people try to cover all these gifts and we talked about titles last week, people try to cover all these things. It's because they want to be more important. They want to be more necessary. I didn't become a pastor so people could call me pastor. God didn't ordain me. To, to, to pastor be, because I wanted people to call me pastor. Again, I told you all, I'm trying to operate in humility. God, just give me a few people so I can share the word with them and I'll be satisfied. Right. I wasn't trying to get a greater title. Right. Right. So as I said, so I could become more necessary. The only way you become more necessary if God makes you necessary. Right. If God increases that, you become more necessary. But even then, for his glory, for kingdom building, right? 
And so again, y'all, let, let me share this other note here. That I said, consider how many of your, now we talk about this greater gift, consider how many of your internal organs are necessary for a comfortable life or life at all. So with the Apostle Paul, what, what was he saying here? In verse 22 of our text, he says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Now, many of us move through life without even thinking about our internal organs until something go wrong with one of them. Right. So you think about that. And I'm not talking about the heart, things like that. We understand, OK, your heart. But truth of the matter is, many of us don't even think about our kidneys, kidneys until one of them starts shutting down. There are other things inside your body that are critical, again, as I wrote here, to you either having a comfortable life or life at all. And sometimes we don't even think about it until something shuts down. Right. But what's crazy, y'all, is that when something shuts down in our body, we don't just throw it away. We don't just say you don't matter. We say, hey, doc, I want you to fix this. And get me another one if you can, because <laughs> I'm uncomfortable now because it's not working properly. So the Apostle Paul says this. He says some of the parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually most necessary. How does that translate to the church? y'all? Again, there's some people within the body that we think are unnecessary because they don't have the gifts and talents that we have. And in fact, they're very necessary. And listen, you don't notice how necessary they are until they ain't there. Maybe they moved on to another church. Maybe the Lord called them home. There's some people that do some things that are critical to what we do. And we need to learn to esteem those people and say, you matter. Or you may not be the pastor, but you matter. Let me say it like this. Any pastor with a good deacon <laughs> that makes sure some things taken care of so pastor don't have to worry about it. If pastor's on his toes or her toes, pastor say, you matter. Thank you for being who you are. You matter. These people around here may not recognize how valuable you are, but I recognize how valuable you are. You matter. So let me look at some scripture very quickly. Again, y'all, again, consider how many of your internal organs. Again, when you think about that, they're necessary for a comfortable life or even life at all. We're going to touch on some of this on next week. Let me look at a couple of passages of scripture to help you understand here. In the book of Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter six, verses two through three, New Living Translation talks about this. Now, now when the Apostle Paul talks about us, I'm, I'm going to go back to that in just a second. It says this: share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. That's what the word of God says in New Living Translation, Galatians chapter six, verses two and three. Again, he says, if you think you're if you think you're too important to help somebody, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Now, that's what the word of God said. That ain't what Pastor Jackson said. That's what the word of God says. Now, how does this matter? Let's go. Let's go. One more verse here. The Apostle Paul is talking again in Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter Second Corinthians, chapter 12. Verse 10, Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10, when Paul talks about that thorn in his flesh that God won't remove. The word of God says this again, Second Corinthians 12 and 10. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and hardships and persecutions and truffle, troubles rather that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And other translation says my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's what the word of God says his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Now, why does this matter? Let's go back to first Corinthians 
chapter 12 one more time and see what the apostle Paul says here. As we looked at some of those verses earlier, uh, uh, verses of uh, verse 23, he says, and the parts that we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those part, the parts that have less dignity, right? Those parts that we feel like they're not that important. They have less dignity as it were. Again, the parts that parts of us that have strength, the parts of the body that are strong, the parts of the body that, 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 that have the gifts and the talents or whatever, they don't need as much care as the weaker vessels among us. So again, the Bible calls for us, as I showed to you in Galatians and in second Corinthians, the Bible calls for us not to discard the weak parts, but to help the weak parts. To help them, to be strong for them, to be strong in, in the places that uh, they can't be strong. Verse 25 says this, this makes for harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. Right. Verse 26, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honor, all the parts are glad. This is why there's a struggle to keep this unity of the gifts, because, again, so many of us are coveting these gifts simply because we want praise and accolades and we're not using it for the glory of God and to edify the body of Christ. If your gift is not helping the body, then is it really a gift? Now, it might be, but maybe you ain't using it properly. So at the end of the day, what Paul is really pointing out to us is that these gifts that God has given us, these spiritual gifts that we have, they're here to help the body. Not to, to be lorded over them, right? Let's look at, I want to get to these last couple of notes here. I'm running out of time. I'll get to these last couple of notes here. All things are designed to work together. We know what Romans 8 and 28 says. All things work together for good. All things are designed to work together. God did not put these things together by happenstance or by it was just some sort of a coincidence because there are no coincidences with God. God has a purpose for everything that he does. So all these things are designed to work together. So at the end of the day, the Apostle Paul is pointing out here. And there are certain parts of our body, right, right? As he said here, he says, God put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. There are parts of us. Let me explain it like this with the time that I have left. There are parts of us that maybe aren't necessarily that flattering. On your physical body. And you might cover that up. You might say, I don't think that that's flattering. Let me cover that up. I don't like the way that looks. Let me cover that up. Let me not wear uh, these clothes. And I don't like the way that makes my body look or whatever. And I'm not trying to body shame anybody. I'm just saying some people go through that where they say, I don't like the way I look in this. So I'm not going to wear this. I'm going to wear this different. I'm going to wear it this way. Right. And so, again, uh, 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 God says that God put the body together so that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. God has given us gifts and talents so that we can be the covering for those parts that have less dignity. I could go off into a whole nother direction there. When those of us who fall short, we should not be ridiculed by the church. We need to be covered by the church. Another subject for another time. So all things are designed to work together. Let me give you these last couple of notes and then we're going to get out of here and we'll pick this up again on next week. Watch this y'all. If there's a struggle anywhere in the body, it's a struggle for the entire body. One more time, 
If there's a struggle anywhere in the body, it's a struggle for the entire body. Can I help you today on church on my way out the door? Can I help you today, church? Um, when when there's a, there's a problem in the church, it's a problem for the church. I think I said something there. If there's a problem in the church, it's a problem for the church. And the church has to move past this space and this place where we decide that when people have problems within the body, rather than help them, as I showed you in Galatians 6, rather than help them and bear one another's burdens, rather than us being there for one another, we decide we want to excommunicate one another so that we can look like the perfect church. There are no perfect churches. There's no way that you can put a bunch of imperfect people in one place and then call it a perfect place. We are imperfect people and therefore we need to be we need to be there for one another. So when there's a problem in the church, it's a problem for the church. Last thing, y'all, I'll give you this and we're going to pick that up on next week. There's more to discuss there. Last thing, y'all, are we ministering to one another? That falls in line with what we were just talking about. Are we ministering to one another? These gifts and talents that God has given us as outlined in first Corinthians chapter 12. Are we using them for personal gain? Are we using them for accolades? Are we using them so people can praise us and talk about how amazing we are rather than talking about how amazing our God is? Are we using them in that manner? Are we using them to minister to one another? Again, if there's a problem in the church, it's a problem for the church. And our gifts are not to be used so that we can excommunicate people. Our gifts are to be used so that we can minister to one another and make the body well when the body gets weak so that we can get back to a state where we can function properly. Let that be the lesson on today. I'm going to end it right here. That's all the time that we got today. I could go on and on, but I'm at 25 minutes, so I'm going to stop right here. We're going to pick it up right here on next week. when We talk about these this unity of the gifts. We're going to pick it up right here in first Corinthians chapter 12. There is more to share in those particular verses. So we'll come back on next week and pick it up there. Let me give you our tag as we always do. If you'd like to keep up with us, the best way to do that, go to the ministries website, that website, www.krjministries.org. If you would like to purchase any of our written works, go to the publishing website, that website, www.krjpublishing.org. Dot com. Listen, wherever you listen to this podcast, whether you're listening to it, streaming, whether you're watching our video on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast in whatever fashion you need to do. So we want you to be a subscriber. Tell somebody about it. If you're watching us, if you're listening to us, share it on your social media timeline and invite somebody to join in uh, in this podcast. It's Monday Morning Discipleship or all the other podcasts that we do and tell them you've been blessed uh, by the Purpose and Beyond podcast that we would definitely appreciate you for doing so as always again we encourage you if you want to become a patron of this podcast visit www.patreon.com forward slash purpose and beyond to become a patron of this podcast if you do that we would definitely appreciate you for doing so that's all the time that we've got for our monday morning discipleship i pray that you all were blessed by what we had to share on today god bless you and god keep you as my prayer as always and we'll see you all on next time be blessed